0: I'm on a mission, a mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I wanna know their stories. I wanna know what stories they used to tell and are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I wanna help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is The Stories We Tell. What's up, guys? It's your host, Jamie Messina, and we are here once again with another amazing episode. This week, we have Jillian Abbey. Her book just dropped, Perfectly Queer. She's a lilies. She's an author. She's a podcaster, um, blogger, all the things, and I am excited to share her story with you. But first, if you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, please go ahead and do that, and if you find value in today's episode or any of the episodes that you hear, I would really appreciate you going over and leaving us a five-star review. That's going to help me reach my goal of rippling out to at least a million people on this earth and it also helps other people find the episode as well. Um, In addition, we are hosting another 10-day mindset boot camp. This is on Facebook and it will be starting May 8th. So if you are ready for a little kick in the mindset, I want you to join me and I will put the link in the show notes after this episode. But let's just get to this episode because I want you to hear everything that Jillian has to say. So I'll meet you there. All right, I have here with me Jillian Abbey. Abby. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, thanks for coming on. Welcome. Do you want to tell everybody, the listeners, who you are and, and kind of what you do?
1: Sure. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm Jillian Abbey. I am a Tampa Bay-based uh, mom of two and proud lesbian and brand new, unexpected Hay House author of the book, Perfectly Queer. Um, which actually just recently made Good Morning America's list of top 15 spring reads. So <laughs> I'm in shock about that. But yeah, um, and I'm a, a writer by trade. I I am a corporate storyteller, blogger, podcaster,
0: all the things. So cool. That's all amazing. But you said, um, unexpectedly author of this book. What what happened there? how did you get into that?
1: Well, I can imagine like probably many of the listeners to your podcast who love stories and probably have a good story of their own to tell. I always wanted to be an author ever since I was little. I always wanted to have a book out there. Uh, Never in mine or probably in my mom's wildest dreams did we think that that book would be a lesbian memoir. (laughs) Um, And actually, when I originally started writing my story, it was not with the goal or intention of publishing it in a book. It was because I was in the middle of coming out um, to a lot of people in my life at 38 years old um, and navigating kind of the waters of that messy middle phase. And so for me, writing and journaling about what I was experiencing from day to day, really helpful in what I was going through and kind of adding reality to it because i think with coming out especially later in life um we we question ourselves a lot how did i get this wrong why is this happening now and so having things down in writing in a journal allowed me to reflect back and and say yeah i i have been having these feelings i've experiencing this over a long period of time so that's kind of how the story started i almost did not submit it hay house had a writing competition I started uh, preparing my book proposal, um, but I am a a recovering perfectionist, which is partially why the book is called Perfectly Queer. And so I almost didn't submit the book proposal because I thought, well, this isn't good enough. Hay House doesn't do a lot of memoirs. They've always supported queer authors, but never really like LGBTQ subject matter books. So I'm just not a good fit for them. I'm not going to do this. And um, at the uh coach the request of my life coach she said if you don't submit this it'll be the biggest mistake of your life Mm -hmm. and boy was she right
0: yeah yeah because first of all I love the cover I told you that already it reminds me of my shanti sweatshirt thanks (laughs) Um, so tell us all right so you wrote this this just basically story for yourself about how you came out what later in life is that really tell us tell us specifically like what the book's about
1: sure so so high level the book is about coming out as lesbian at 38 years old I was in a long-term relationship and then marriage to my one and only serious boyfriend uh, we were together for almost 20 years we had two kids uh, they were homeschooled we ran a small business together that was rated one of the top mom and pop shops in Tampa Bay we lived in the suburbs like everything about our life fit the American standard of perfect. Mm. And so again, at the high level, it's about coming out, but there's so many deeper layers to it of just the stories we're told about what a perfect life or what a happy life is supposed to look like versus what it actually means for certain people. And so there's threads of perfectionism, perfectionism in here, um, layers of compulsory heterosexuality and even my own internalized i don't like to say internalized homophobia but like internalized bias that i discovered in myself that i didn't realize i had until i realized that i was my biggest roadblock to coming out because i was okay with attaching every other label to myself except for the queer one and so it was a process of working through that as well So there's a lot here.
0: The book is loaded. (laughs) Yes. There's a
1: lot of topics. There's so many layers to it.
0: So you said you had, you know, this perfect straight couple life. Is that where the name Perfectly Queer kind of comes from?
1: Yes. So there's a few, a few things to it. The book was originally when I submitted the book proposal and for quite a while, the book was titled A Chronic Case of Hetero, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious, um, and seemed to test well with my TikTok market. But the publishing company came back and they said, Yeah, I don't the sales team is not super keen on a chronic case of hetero. Let's brainstorm some other names. And we went through a long list, but I I was really happy that I landed on perfectly queer. Um perfectly again, not only because I was always striving for the most perfect version of my life, and I thought that that queer and perfect could never fit together and so it really meant a lot to me that i that that is my perfect life is is living in fully in my queerness and um and then also it became really important to me to put queer on the cover because there's a lot of charge around the word and it's it's just another descriptor and so i want if i can play a part in making people more comfortable with kind of taking the charge out of the word. And it's just, had I I put perfectly happy, perfectly womanly, anything, any other word on there, people wouldn't have the same resistance to grabbing the book off the bookshelf or reading it openly in a cafe. And so I'm hoping that this is just a small step in the process, too, of realizing maybe our own own fears or our own pride or whatever it is in being able to say like, Hey, queer is a thing. And that's like good. And, and we, and,
0: and I don't know, I, yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting that, um, you know, that comes full circle is you were saying that, you know, you weren't, this was the one part that you didn't want the label like you couldn't step into that label or it was challenging because of the feelings that come with that. And then right. for your readers to pick up that book who might be in that same space, how yeah. they might feel about reading that book in public or, you know, at the beach or especially, you know, we live in Florida. So like, right. um, what that means for them.
1: Yeah. For me, it was like stepping into full ownership and love and pride for the word. Um, I do recognize that in the stage where I was was closeted but very and very much knew about my identity though, that. Um, I would have had a lot of fear. I know for all people, it's not even safe necessarily to be walking around with a book like that. And so I also pushed hard with the publisher to make sure that there was an ebook and there is an audiobook version coming out as well. Um, so that it's accessible to a larger audience, but for those who feel, um, safe and comfortable to do so. Again, I hope that this this is just another way to show pride in the LGBTQ community or allyship for the community um, and, and just make it a more regular part of society.
0: Um, was there a chapter that you really enjoyed writing the most?
1: I think the one that is always gonna hold a special place in my heart is the chapter that's called Not Straight because it is the one that I recorded a little over two years ago. Um, it's one of the first chapters I wrote. And what I decided to do was read about, read it on YouTube. And I released it on my 40th birthday. And I said, Hey guys, I wrote a book, which wasn't really true at the time. Um, hey, I wrote a book and here's the first chapter. And I'd love to know what you think. And I had such wonderful Feedback on it that it's what really motivated me to keep going. But what the chapter is about is me sitting down around the kitchen table with a best friend, drinking a glass of whiskey, and she asked the question that kind of cracked me wide open. And she said, you know, how's your marriage going? Or how's your relationship going? Um, it was after I had already come out in a therapy session to myself. So it was something that was really bubbling up big inside, but her asking that question and creating that safe space for me to answer is kind of what helped, um, helped me continue with forward motion and I'm a little bit more comfortable with myself. And so it'll always, that chapter will always hold a special place in my heart. Cause it's what kind of kicked off everything in my real life and also with the book. So,
0: yeah. So did you tell her straight there?
1: I did. I'm not sure what word I used. I I kind of feel like a fainting goat every time I come out to someone because, um, the, the, the nerves and the excitement of it, trying to recall the exact word that I use, I'm not sure, but in this case, well, uh, I believe not straight is what I was able to get out. Um, and again, going back to the word queer and even lesbian and gay, it took a while before I could say those words comfortably, um, just because of so many years and the way I was grown up, the way I grew up where those words are always said quietly where they were, you know, we're gonna use other words to talk around it. So yeah, so not straight, that's how it started. <laughs>
0: i you know for the longest time i came out when i was 18 but like i could not say the word lesbian i thought it sounded mm. like z's i didn't like the word like it sounded like yeah not um i don't even know i what i would say instead back then but it just you know that word had to grow on me a little bit i had to become more comfortable with it queer I don't really use what's that said the word queer i still don't really use
1: Oh yeah. Well, and I know there's a lot of different feelings that people have about it. It seems like a lot of the crowd that's coming out more recently or the younger crowd are fully embracing it because it's all encompassing. Um, And then there are others where it still holds too much of a charge to
0: it. Now, I like it. I I think it's a great word, but like growing up, that's what we said as, you know, an insult or. Right. Not even because of what it meant, but it was just like, you know, through that as an insult, like right. yeah, so hard to unlearn those things from, from way back then, you know, It but is. I think it's a great word. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. What was um, the most challenging chapter for you?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. There's, there are two relationship stories throughout the book that were really hard for me to share. And I really had to make sure that I was in a good place to make sure that I was telling the story and not just emoting through my book. And that's the relationship with my mom, the relationship with my ex-husband. Probably the hardest chapter. And it's the one that honestly, I would still, I still cry almost every time I read it. Um, It is the one that hit my editors and the other people at Hay House the most. And it's the chapter where I came out to uh, my husband at the time um, called after knowing, because I knew that in telling him, regardless of how we decided to proceed with our relationship, it was going to be that major life change that there was no going back on. So Uh, it was a hard chapter to write. It's a hard chapter to read. I am amazed that I made it through the audiobook with no tears in that chapter. Uh, but I also think it's a really important chapter because there are some people who, and it's not just related to coming out related to queerness, but there are some people who are in a relationship that is a good relationship, but it's not the right relationship. And so to have to end a marriage that was that was good. And I did so much love for him as a person it was really hard, but I wanted to make sure it was captured in there.
0: Yeah, I can tell. So I, I obviously speak with a lot of people that are going through which now, what your book is about, right? And that's a really yeah. hard decision for people to make. You know, you it's your best friend. Your husband is your best friend. You, you know, some people have a really great relationship, but it's that question of, do I just suck it up? even though it's not love in the way that I want to feel romantic love because it's good. We're good friends. Right. Or do I, you know, make this move that could ultimately ruin everything for us, you know, and it doesn't have to. So how did that work out for y'all?
1: Well, thankfully I, I also sure I, and I was lucky enough to be able to surround myself with a safety net, a safety net of, Of friends and also therapists and life coaches and people that I could bounce these ideas off of because I think too, a lot of the way, especially, um, people who are socialized as women, we are taught not to be selfish and to be givers and to be caretakers. And so something like coming out, especially when I had a spouse involved and children involved, felt incredibly selfish because I knew making the decision was going to impact their life Regardless, And I hoped it would be for the, I hope that my, my hope was that my spouse could find somebody who loved him the way that he loved them. Like he gave love with his whole heart. I knew I couldn't reciprocate that. And I felt in a way that denying him that was denying him a very important part of living
0: wow. and a
1: very big opportunity um but still the decision is so is so hard to make because it does in the short term it all feels very selfish and it's not until the lo- over the long term that you start to see the benefits and gains of you know for me living in my integrity and who I am and finding a person that now I can love fully and with my whole heart um and also my ex-husband has also entered in another relationship where uh and I can't really speak on his behalf but you know it's a it's a good relationship with a wonderful woman and I hope that he's able to receive love in the way that he's always given love.
0: Yeah, I I can see how in both ways you think it could be you know selfish to stay to to leave your relationship. But then at the same time yeah, like your husband or the husbands deserve love in the way that you know, that they want a romantic love, I guess. Is that what you describe the differences having this platonic love, this best friend love versus romantic love?
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people who said, well, if you did have love for him, why couldn't you just stay together the rest of your life? But there's a reason why we don't marry our platonic best friends. Right. Like, you know, you could get along and it could be great, but there's, there is an additional layer an additional component that I was seeking. And I don't want to, a lot of people too are like, Oh, so it's just sex then and it's like, but that's not it either. There's the connection with another person. It's a different, it's an energy that you're attracted to it that you're attracted to. It's not, just, you know, the sex aspect that was missing for me. And I think that's a really hard thing to, sometimes convey if somebody hasn't experienced it for themselves. But again, I just go back to like, would you marry your platonic best friend in that relationship? And if it's an obvious no for you, then you kind of understand the situation that I was in a little bit more.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, so obviously we have a lot of listeners that are just like you, similar situations. Um, Mm -hmm. At the beginning of your journey, when that first time you came up to yourself, I'm sure there were a lot of emotions there and you were not sure what steps to take or if, you know, a a lot of confusion. First of all, how did you feel when all that first came about? And then looking back now where you are today, maybe what are some words of wisdom or advice or support that you can give to the people who are where you were in that first chapter?
1: Ooh, that's (laughs) a a big time. (laughs) Um, so I came out in a craniosacral therapy session, um, which for anyone who's not familiar with it, it's a very light touch therapy that's done with the practitioner fully clothed. Works on a physical basis, but also it's a somato-emotional release. So the emotions, the energies that we store in our body. And so I came out in that session and finally felt that I was in a space. Where I was safe and comfortable enough to say, and again, I don't, did I say I'm gay, I'm straight, or I'm not straight? Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure the terminology I used. But once I finally said it and I knew it to be true, and I accepted it, I accepted that piece of myself and felt fully integrated. That's one of my biggest memories of feeling unconditional love in my life for myself. And so it's amazing. I mean, I could feel it in every cell of my body. Like, wow, I finally feel whole in this moment. This is incredible. But then reality starts to set in. So I finish the session. And I'm like, amazing. I'm flying high on rainbows. There's 99 angels coming down from the heavens singing around me. And, and we're all good and happy. And then I sit up and the practitioner hands me a glass of water. And then the tears start. Because then I realized the reality that I do have to go back into my regular life. And wow, this is going to mean a lot to figure out. And that's really hard. Um, The benefit I have in hindsight is, uh, or for me, it was a benefit um, that I can see now, but I didn't have a person at the time. And so what that did is it gave me the benefit of time and then I could move on my own timetable. So when I was ready to come out to my husband, I could come out to him. When I was ready to come out to friends, I could do that. Um, At the same time, the process was incredibly lonely and frightening because I thought I could come out to all of these people. I could make all of these changes and I could be alone the rest of my life. Um, I will say for anyone let listen, that is listening right now, I know that's a common fear and gosh, there are so many wonderful people out there, but it does take time, but they're out there. And I meet so many amazing women who are like, who will ever date me? I'm like, maybe you have so much to offer. Like it happens. It will happen. But, um, but yeah, I had that same fear of like, I could do all this and there, and then there's nobody at the finish line. And it's just me and my cats and my dying (laughs) plants. So, um, so that was, you know, that was a big, a big moment and a big turning point for me in hindsight, if I could go back and, and talk to myself, I think it would just, I was always hoping for the reassurance that, that it would be okay. And also I felt very alone. I think that's it. I think I felt so alone and had I known that there were more groups and it's kind of when all the group, you know, when club lilies is forming and there's all these different groups, untamed hadn't come out just yet. Um, I'm grateful that we have so many more communities now and that we can have these conversations and it's like, Hey, I'm not the only person. But for me back at that time I thought it was me and Sir Elton John were the only two people on earth who had ever been in a heterosexual marriage and then were gay. So
0: I didn't know he was married to a woman.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was I had to like verify it on Google. Why I didn't think to Google like, hey, any other late in life lesbians or late in life gay folks out there? I didn't Google that, but I was like elton john was he in a straight relationship oh he was okay me and sir elton we're in this together yeah i don't know it doesn't make sense now
0: There's so many now like a couple of things in social media we know that it's a little bit of a phenomenon here
1: yes yeah definitely we're definitely not alone but i know even when i submitted the book proposal i was like okay me and all 38 late in life lesbians will read this book right and you know and and there are so many people who have reached out to me privately since I've started posting my story on social media and sharing that the book was coming out. Um, people who have shared their own private stories and I'm just so grateful that we are able to connect that I was brave enough to share my story and that they've been brave enough to reach out as well so that we all feel this connection.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's awesome that, cause it's gotta be scary you know, to, to put out a, a fucking book <laughs> about this stuff. You're new. Yeah, like, sure. It took me like years and years and years just to be able to say the word lesbian. Um, yeah. I've been out longer than I've been in. And so this, when did this all happen for you when you first came out?
1: Mm. So the craniosacral therapy session was July 3rd of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it my self love anniversary. That's why I couldn't so specifically remember it. And then it was several months later that I recorded my chapter and put it on YouTube. And then a few months after that, I found out from Hay House that they were going to publish my story. So the, the, the process of, of creating and editing the book has taken a bit longer. We wanted to time it with lesbian visibility week this year, which, you know, the huge holiday that everybody celebrates. <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, so it's really been such an incredible journey. And I feel like I am growing and learning at such a rapid pace because I don't know if it's my Aries energy or what, but I just wanted to like dive headfirst into my new community and learn the history and meet the people who are the change makers and really doing things to help others and then all right i want to i want to get involved how do i do this so i say like if i could get my phd in gay that's what i feel like i'm trying to do now is just like study and learn as much as i can
0: definitely dove right in <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome and i, and I think it's so important for so many people who are who are feeling lonely and i mean you are a little blessed and i think living in tampa although we live in florida y'all like tampa is very open mm-hmm. um is a very open space um and there are some people that will come to me at least and probably you they're living in the middle of the country and they know nobody there's yeah. no gay flags anywhere to be seen and they're scared shitless to say who they really are um i think writing a book like yours is is a great thing for them so they can at least yeah you know get their foot in the door i
1: guess is that definitely i and i, I think that's the beautiful thing too. my my partner jen comes from a more rural area in Pennsylvania. Um, she has been out her whole life and also not out um, because again, for safety reasons, for societal reasons, there's a lot behind it. So in some ways she says that I am more out than she is. And I recognize that I am so lucky to live in a place, to live in this community and this bubble um, and to have a, uh, friends and now more family members that are supportive that I can fully step into this identity, but I other people can't do that. And I'm just if this provides a lifeline to them,
0: amazing. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've heard you mention several times now that you have a life coach. And yes. this selfish reasons of me asking, but how has that helped you along? in this aspect, having a life coach, um, what, what, first of all, you you had one before, like, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Okay. So I'm going to be fully in full disclosure here. When I first learned that there was a such thing as a life coach, (laughs) I was like, why does anyone need to coach me on how to live life? Mm -hmm. I always assumed that a therapist would be the person that I needed, but I've learned that there's a very big difference between going to a, a mental health counselor, therapist, and going to a life coach and a life coach is really what helped me and resonated with me so much. So, I worked with a few different life coaches throughout my throughout the coming out process and and one of the things I love most is that they provide perspective. So, a lot of times it was me getting in my own head and getting in my own way. This is not a mental health condition that a licensed therapist needs to, but a, a trained certified life coach, somebody who has, you know, not just somebody who's like putting up their little flag on Facebook and saying, Oh yeah, come talk to me. I'm a really good listener,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: a qualified, talented life coach, their ability to help you step out of outside of yourself for a bit and see things from a new perspective and see what barriers you're putting in your own way. Again, it's life-changing. I mean, for, for my book, when it came to my book proposal, my life coach said to me, why haven't you submitted your proposal? Are you working? Are you trying to get an A proposal? And I said, well, yeah, of course. And she said, do you have time to submit an A proposal? And I said, no, definitely not. And she said, well, if you don't submit anything, you get an F (laughs) because she knew that that was going to be That was going to flip the switch so that I would do something. And she said, I just need you to give your best. I don't know. She's a B minus version or whatever. She's like your best B version of a proposal. That's what you need to do. Um, That's what you need to submit. And so it's things like that, where she knew exactly the words that I needed to hear that would help motivate me and re-engage me to really do the things I wanted to do in life was was scared too.
0: yeah and but she doesn't tell you how to live your life right
1: she doesn't tell me how to at all it's a lot of what could you do in this situation she's helping me problem solve and what could you say here how do you think that reaction would be i mean there's um it, it's an art form for sure But I have found over and over, and I still go into every coaching session, like, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. Life is great. And I'm in tears by the end of the hour, every time. And I'm like, you've changed my life again. I mean, it has paid dividends in my life, any money I've invested in life coaching. And I did it at a time where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. Like, I need to scraped together i need to take an extra writing job whatever i need to do i have to figure out how i can afford this in my life and make it happen and it has paid dividends in so
0: many ways in so many opportunities yeah awesome i just wanted to i heard you mention that a couple of times and i know some people are quite like question whether what that means you know and i just i to-
1: was that person i know <laughs> get i get it i get it yeah um,
0: so I'm gonna take you over to the after dark in a minute. I don't know that I like, you know what it is, or do you know it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll bring a headlamp too. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> um, but I do have a question for everybody, so that that they can hear for the the non after dark listeners. You have a you have a girlfriend now or fiance? Yeah. Yes, fiance. So I know how so many people are worried. You know, if I leave my marriage, it's not that I am in love in the way that I but I don't want to be alone. Yeah. So how did y'all meet? <laughs>
1: great question um i had been on the dating app her and met some fabulous people um but i realized that i was choosing people out of desperation and out of not wanting to be alone instead of hey this person seems like we have a lot in common or we have a lot of the same you know this is who i'm looking for as a potential future life partner So I was about to delete the app because I was getting frustrated at myself for compromising on things that matter to me. Um, Like, for example, I have kids. And so dating somebody who was like, kids are a no for me. I would try and convince myself like, we can make it work. They'll just fall in love with me eventually and it'll be fine. No, I have (laughs) kids. They don't want kids. Okay, like Maybe this is not your ideal match. Anyways, so I was about to delete the app and didn't realize that it goes by phone GPS wherever you're located. I thought it went by billing address. Just as I'm about to delete this, brand new face pops up and said she was 17 miles away. And I was like, you know what? All right, fuck it. One last time. I'm swiping right. She's just, she's lovely. She said she had the most beautiful smile. She was wearing a Buffalo Bills cap and I'm from Buffalo, New York. I was like, sure, let's do this. Uh, turns out she was just in town for work for a nutrition conference. So we had one date, which was amazing. And then she flew home 936 miles. And we said, I don't know what this means, but we'll figure it out. And so we'll figure it out has kind of been our mantra throughout our years that we've been together. Um, also shout out to frontier airlines and their discount den program. (laughs) Um, but we have figured it out. And honestly, as much as I told myself, I never wanted to be in a long distance relationship. It for me was exactly what I needed because I was still so new in the coming out process. I was still sorting through my divorce and giving up the small business that we ran together and trying to figure myself out that it forced us to move very slowly and intentionally in our relationship and so I'm grateful for that foundation we have. And then even with the kids too, they were allowed to, um, integrate with her in little pieces. Um, and now, you know, my son said to me the other day, like she is, uh, the, what we always needed in our family. So I have, I drive a RAV4 and he's like, we're going to call it the RAD4 cause we're the <laughs> RAD4. And I was like, all right, buddy. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's been awesome.
0: It's been great. Um, Will you remind me when we go to the after talk, I have a question about your kids and living in Florida. Oh yeah, sure. Forget it. Um, okay, so before we head over there though, I usually ask people this and I don't wanna leave you out. Um, if you could go back to your childhood self and maybe give them some words of wisdom, uh, what would that be? Hmm.
1: You're gay. And also <laughs> um, there is magic in making mistakes. And you are safe and okay and totally loved, even if it's not perfect all the time.
0: Perfect, perfectly answered.
1: And and don't become an accountant. Oh, why <laughs> did I do that? Okay.
0: <laughs> all right, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Can you just tell us quickly when your the book's pre is pre order right now? Right.
1: So the book is released April twenty fifth. Of twenty twenty three and uh the audio bill will be coming at the end of May. Uh it's available in the US, UK, Canada, and now Australia, I just learned, um, in paperback and
0: ebook as well. Awesome. And we'll put the links to all of that in um the bio because by the time this is out, it will be out. Yep. Yay. Sounds good. Thanks awesome. so much. All right, thank you. Thanks awesome. so much. All right, thank you. All right, y'all, that was Jillian Abbey. Her book has officially launched. I will add all of the ways that you can follow along with Jillian and get that book um, in the show notes in the description. So check it out there. If you are interested in heading over to the After Dark with us, I put that link there as well. And um, until next time.